Hello, and welcome to the Life Center Podcast. We're a church in Tacoma, Washington that exists to inspire our community to love and follow Jesus. To find out more about what's going on at all of our campuses, you can download the Life Center app, interact with us on social media, or visit lifecenter.com. Let's jump into this week's message. Thanks for listening. I know what time of the year it is because I see enough Seahawks jerseys on that it won't be long. A little later today, you ain't going to have no problem screaming your head off for that football team. But we're going to make sure in here, we at least going to scream our hands off for the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because of what he's done. So with that being said, um, we are in this series called Paradigm Shift. And today, the title of the message is Shift What Matters Most. Say with me, what matters most? Let's say it together. What matters most? Now... Here's what's interesting about that statement. The question asks, what matters most? It didn't just say, what matters? Because if you're not careful, everything matters. And when everything matters, it's easy to get overwhelmed. Have anybody had a a week that was a little overwhelming? Like you had no more room on the calendar? If you got one more request, one more phone call, one more priority, they're like, hey, you need to get your priorities straight. I got a hundred of them. (laughs) Right, which one is which? Right, I'm I'm stressing over those dynamics. Some of us are stressing over finances. We got, unfortunately, I got too much month at the end of the money, right? How do I make that work? I mean, these are realities that we face. And so in this series called Shift What Matters Most, key word is most, There's something that has to differentiate. I've always told people, if a person overwhelmed and a person doing absolutely nothing usually accomplish about the same thing. Except the one overwhelmed is where they're doing stuff. They're just running back and forth going crazy. Nothing's getting done. (laughs) So you might as well stop and do absolutely nothing. (laughs) But it's also true that when you look at this text that we're going to be coming from. It's focused on Jesus' sermon, which is called Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. We've all heard that, the Sermon on the Mount. It's all Jesus' teachings. And when Jesus is teaching the people, he gets real practical, like real practical, right? And this is what I love about Jesus. He doesn't live, allow you to live in la-la land. He's like, it's good that you know information. It's better that you apply it. And so today, my goal is to inspire you to take action. Not that interested in making you feel good because you know something already. I know a whole lot of people who know a lot. I know a lot. But like I say before, in many cases, I'm just an educated derelict. I don't use what I know. So it doesn't necessarily create a lot of value. So here's what I'm going to ask that you do. I'm going to ask you to take notes. Okay? If you're a note taker, I want you to take notes. Whether it's on a phone, on a piece of paper, just, I don't care. If you're a note taker, I want you to take notes. And if you're not a note taker, I want you to take notes. Because you might hear one thing that will benefit you. Not something from me. You won't hear something from me. Something that the Holy Spirit might speak to your heart that you don't want to miss. It might be just one name. It might just be one word, but it was exactly what you needed today. Now... 
In the Sermon on the Mount, what's so fascinating about it, Matthew, from Matthew 5 to Matthew chapter 7, what's so fascinating about it is Jesus is talking about kingdom principles, kingdom rules, kingdom law, how the kingdom works. And it sounds like it's all opposites, okay? Everything's the opposite. Like, it's more blessed to give than receive, I know we hear about that in church, but how many of us actually live that way? Not too many. That's kind of strange. First, you'll be last. You know, serve, you know, it's better to serve than to be served. Confusing. Even when we get to this part, he says, you shouldn't be worried about what you eat, about what you drink. Basically, don't worry about how you're going to take care of yourself. That's different, okay? And so we're going to look at the scriptures and see what Jesus says because Jesus is clear to me that all that stuff matters. But what he's also making clear is that we shift what matters most. So let's look at verse, um, here we go, Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to begin at verse number 19. And so it says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Verse number 20, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Verse number 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, I know when he's talking about here, he's actually, you know, real treasure, talking about money. But it it goes even beyond that, but especially when it comes to money. Pastor Andy did such a phenomenal job giving you an understanding, sharing the the principle of giving to God what belongs to God. Now, I got to tell you, it is amazing our attitude. And I've said this before, it is is amazing. $20 in church looks like a lot more money than $20 at the movie theater. Haven't you noticed that? Like at the movie theater, it was like, man, let me get that box of popcorn. Boom. At church, you'd be like, let me get that. Where's those fives and ones? No. <laughs> no, I'm having a little fun. Please understand. God ain't worried about, you know, he, he ain't broke, you know. Church ain't begging for your money, okay? But here's what I do want you to understand. It has so much to do with your heart. It has so much. And this is what Jesus is emphasizing right here. What you treasure, that's what has a hold of your heart. I remember in 2007, some of you too young, but 2007, 2008, man, I felt pretty good with where my money was. I thought it was safe. It left in a hurry. (laughs) And had the whole country shook up. And it made me sit there and go, I guess Jesus knew what he was talking about. Now, isn't it amazing you start recouping and proving a little bit more and you forgot what you went through back then? All of a sudden, we start holding on and holding tight and everything again. And Jesus wants us to understand this is a heart issue. What has a hold of your heart has a hold of you. And I, somebody asked me once, they were like, well, you know, it's sometimes hard to let money go. I said, I know, ain't it funny? Literally, about not too long, everybody swears 
Let me tell you the blessing I just got. I got a refund from the government during tax season. You do know that was your money the whole time, right? <laughs> okay. Now, I'm having fun with it, but here's what I'm saying. It's amazing what, our, what happens to our hearts and our spirit when it first lands in our hands. It's the, it's the fact that it was in my hands and now I have to let it go? That's the difficult part, right? I mean, have you ever given money to somebody and then asked for your money back? And they look at you strange? Because in that moment, the minute it touched their hands, it's like ownership shifted. No, it was never yours in the first place. When God said, when Jesus said, listen, it's not that I don't want you to have a hold of any money. I just don't want money to have a hold of you. The worry, the stress, the concern that so many of us have about what we eat, about what we wear, about what we, all these things. In this, it's almost like, Jesus, what are you talking about? Jesus says, don't worry about that. Don't concern yourself with that. Now, I'm not going to have 50 different points for you in this message. It's going to be very clear. Okay, this is the main point of this whole message. Don't worry. Don't worry. Let's look at this next verse. Go up to verse number 31 for me. Look at verse number 31. Verse number 31 reads, this is Jesus saying this now. I want this understood. These are Jesus' words. This is not my opinion. This is not me emphasizing something. Jesus says, verse 31, so do not worry. Okay, we're going to read that part, just that part of Scripture together. You say it all together. So do not worry. We're going to do it one more time because there's a few people act like I asked you to do burpees or jumping jacks. I just asked you to read it out loud with me. So let's hear it together. Here we go. So do not worry. Perfect. This is what Jesus is saying. And he says, so do not worry, saying, um, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? How are we going to make it? How are we going to get to tomorrow? How, what's going to happen next year? What's going to take place here? What's going to possibly happen if we can't do this? You can personalize or normalize the conversation to the circumstance you're in right now. But he is speaking to every single one of us. And he says, do not worry about those things. Look what he says next. For the pagans, the unbelievers, those who don't even worship me, run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. Oh, Lord, that's good. So your heavenly father in heaven knows that you need these things. But, you know, I would rather worry about them as if I can do something about it. I know, Jesus, you said do not worry. I know you said I shouldn't fear the future because that's what worrying is. Fear of the unknown, fear of uncertainty. What's going to happen if? It is actually losing your mind to imagine the future in a fear-type state. Even though we've been called to walk by faith, not fear. Now, we found ways to completely justify it. We say things like, well, I'm only worried because I care. 
No, that's not it. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes, <laughs> yes, it is true. Some things I don't worry about. But the reality is something I just don't care about. So it's not that I'm not really worrying about it. My wife and I had a real difficulty recently about what matters most. And it wasn't a big deal. It was just we were putting on, we're having some, uh, 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 like a party for a, a, a number of students. And so as a result, you know, I'm thinking as long as there's food there, everybody's good. I'm not thinking about where things are placed, how the napkins are shaped. <laughs> I'm not, but because we didn't necessarily agree with what matters most, there was some confusion until she corrected me <laughs> and brought me up to speed. Okay? Okay. Now, there's times where we need to get reset to truly understand what matters most so we don't, get, we don't lose time in confusion. Okay. Now, the reason I bring up this term of confusion, who's the author of confusion? Satan, the devil. And what he wants to do is to confuse you, to get you to believe that what Jesus said not to do, you should do. Do you know when we're worrying, stressed out about something, and we go to somebody who then will say, don't worry about it. And we're like, please, you find someone else <laughs> who will make you feel better about worrying. Now I'm okay, because I found somebody who worries just like me. Now we can multiply it. <laughs> now the reason, and follow this, I'm going to go right into this, okay? The root word for, for the word worry is to strangle. That's actually the root word for the word worry, is to strangle. Literally put your hands around your throat and squeeze. And when somebody tells you don't do that, say you don't know what you're talking about, we go to someone else who are like, oh, I really like how you had your hands placed. <laughs> now, I'm having a little fun with it. But when Jesus says do not worry, He's telling you, don't strangle yourself. It does no good. It adds nothing to your life. One reason Jesus can tell us not to worry is because he can see what we can't. I remember my playing days. I remember coming to the sideline once, and my offensive coordinator, our, our offense coach, uh, I get on a headset, and he says, listen, I need you to make a particular move, do this particular route on this play. And I'm sitting there going, man, I, I, I can't do that. I mean, there's things in front of me I can't see. He says, I'm the one down here. I can't see. He says, that's why I'm telling you, because I'm up here. <laughs> From the position he sat, he can see what was in front of me. He can see what was behind me. He can see what was surrounding me. But I wanted to argue with him who could actually see what was going on around me. You don't know what you're talking about. Let me go to somebody else confused right next to me. <laughs> so when we tell Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, when, we all, when Alpha and Omega tells you, don't worry, 
and you look at him like he don't know what he's talking about. Come on, y'all, this isn't even deeply spiritual. That's just crazy. (laughs) But we don't look at it like that. We've actually justified it. We actually make it normal. As believers, he says, as believers, don't function like pagans. Jesus says, I see your future. I am the one who controls it. I got you. For many of us right now, and I understand, I am not downplaying I might have a little fun with this, but y'all, worry, stress, fear of the future is killing us. It's killing us. And let me tell you what it robs you of the most valuable asset that you have, time. It robs you of time. Because even if what you worried about most finally works out, you suffered the consequences of worry the whole time. You could have got to the same place faster just trusting God. Walking by people who could use, who could have been ministered to. Opportunities all around you, but you can't see them because you were so overwhelmed with what you're worried about that you can't even function. Now here, I wish that when Jesus made this statement, he created all kinds of lists like if it's your child who's battling cancer, then it's okay. If it's up, but if you're just upset because you can't find a parking spot, that's way down here. Okay? Okay, if it's up, like my, my little cousin, if, it, if it's your, if, if your little cousin who's had a couple strokes and he's at Seattle Children's Hospital, it's okay to worry and lose your mind. If you're worried about your son-in-law, what's going to happen to him or he's struggling on drugs or you're, you're worried about your kids coming back to the Lord or you're worried about getting your marriage back or you're worried about your father, that is okay. Worry about that. But if it's over here, You know, it's not so much. No. He says, do not worry at all. There is no big things or little things. He is, that's what he's, he's basically saying, worry is the enemy. Fear is the enemy. Not what you're worried about. He can tell, take care of what you're worried about. He wants to deal with the worry part of it. And here for so amazing. When the worry leaves the building, it gets displaced, replaced with faith. With faith. This is why I love Stephen's story so much. When he says, I had to get reset. I came in here and all of a sudden, it was like like a baby being laid on your chest. The world just slows down. All of a sudden, the moment takes over. Uh, Tomorrow... I don't worry about tomorrow. Now, look what he says right here in verse number, go up to verse number 33. One of the scriptures we're all familiar with, and Jesus says right here, he says, but, but, key word right there, instead of worrying, instead of fearing the future, instead of wondering what's going to happen tomorrow, Said it many times, my father used to do it so good. I used to go, but that's going to happen if I don't get this money by Monday. If I don't get this take care by Monday. He'd just calmly look at me and say, son, it'd be Tuesday. <laughs> Jesus says, but instead, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. 
Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Seek first. It's an order issue. It's an order issue. I don't want to move past that. We love the next part, and all these things shall be added. But remember, it says, and. That means after the fact. That's when it comes along with. If I seek him first, those things that I was told not to worry about will come along too. And that is not just areas that I need difficulty problems. Some of us in this room, have a lot of worry about some incredible things we're looking forward to. And even in that, God's telling you, you don't worry about that either. Because as I'm taking care of it, I want you constantly seeking me first. So here's what's so beautiful. Lord God, somebody in here might be seeking for a spouse. The Lord is like, that's fine, but seek me first. Seek me first. Somebody in here is ready for a new opportunity, for that new job. Seek me first. Somebody's looking for, Lord, I'm, the reconciliation, seek me first. In every single situation, seek me first. Because what you don't realize, you need him to help fix the problems, and you also need him to prepare you for the blessing. What's so great about this? It's just the order. If we can just get the order, let me change that. When we get the order right, we will begin to experience something we could have never imagined. Do you know what it's like? I've had seasons of this. Unfortunately, I'm still battling trying to make it normal, but it's so challenging. It's simple yet so hard, right? To be able to live victoriously, Not because my finances are perfect. Not because there's no failure. Not because there's no rejections. Not because there's no uncertainties. But to live without the fear of failure? Without the fear of rejection? Without the fear of uncertainty? Man, when he says, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly, that's what he's talking about. Because what you get in place of the fear and worry is perfect peace. Man, there's people right now who are billionaires who would give all their money just for some peace. And we have the Prince of Peace who tells us, do not worry. Instead, just seek me. Get to know me. And when you get me, you get everything. It'll be different. Please hear me, church. If your worry gave you a return, I tell you, keep doing it. But it has given you nothing but heartache. It has caused nothing but you to miss all the blessings around you. Because the one thing that isn't right in your life, you can't see all the things that are right because it's consuming you. And we got a word that tells us we don't have to live like that. When I tell you that this word is practical, when I tell you that the word works, it works. So when Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you, he's talking to you. Everything you desire from God, you tell him. Everything you want from God, you tell him. 
Everything that you used to worry about, but now you're going to make your request to God, you give it to everything, every detail. I'm talking when the scripture says, and Paul said in Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it's so right. It says, do not worry about anything, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known of God. Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. You know what that means? That means you will have peace that makes absolutely no sense. People will look at you and go, how in the world are you in perfect peace? How in the world are you not stressing? You said, because I've given it to the one who's doing something about it. And what he exchanges with me is perfect peace. I asked, it was so good. Yesterday, I had the opportunity, just in closing, to, to speak at a funeral of just a, a wonderful sister of mine. Just, her name's Terry Hollis, and she was music ministry and loved Jesus. It was one of the most hyped funerals I've ever been to in my life. I mean, it was, you want to talk about a celebration. A celebration. But in that conversation, it did impact me in a significant way. It made me think about how expensive confusion, worry, fear is. Sometimes, it, you know, the, the only thing I can't stand about funerals is it sometimes takes a funeral for people to realize what actually matters most. And you want to sit there and go, why does it take this? Why does someone have to come down in a family with a horrible problem or somebody's finances have to completely fall apart to realize your family was the most important value maybe you had in that situation? Why did it take this? And the Lord just continued to remind me, and he was like, if you would just believe me, I will save you so much heartache. If you would just believe what I've said in this word, it was, this word is for you. It's for you. If you only realize when I tell you, to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly more than whatever you can ask or think, if you realize when I said, trust in the Lord, as Pastor Andy said, with all your heart, lean not to your understanding. In all that ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your path. He will make your path straight. You know what's so awesome about that scripture? Is why would you even trust yourself anyways? You know you. But sometimes we got to be that practical with the church. Am I here? Did you hear me? And so here's what I ask that you do. Let worry know it's in trouble. Let the devil know he ain't getting to play games with your mind anymore. God got you. He got tomorrow taken care of. Now, I didn't tell you don't plan for tomorrow. You just don't worry about it. He'll take care of the rest. Pastor Andy.